All right, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We're on episode 27 in the middle of our series on community. And today we're going to have an interview with Hannah Cock. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Adorn Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I, my name is Hannah. I have been married to my high school sweetheart. We got together when we were 14 and have been together ever since. Mm. I have a one-year-old little boy. He just turned one on Friday. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> um, I'm in graduate school for marriage and family therapy because um, that's just a big passion of mine. And then I'm also a resident here at our church uh, over the care ministry. That's awesome. We're in a, we got a little club here. We do. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, that's so rare. Yes. It's such a rare thing, but it all is. three of us. Oh, cool. Let's see, I was 15 when we met. How old mm-hmm. were you? 16. And, okay, so yeah, 14, 15, 16. That's cool. So cool. What a cool so gift. So cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you walk in community. So I have a couple of different ways. I would say my big one that when I think of community is my life group. Um, we have a really great life group. The core f- group of us have been together for now three and a half years and then a few new couples added here and there. Um, I also have my serving groups. So whenever I get to serve alongside people and volunteer, I would consider them part of my community. Mm -hmm. I have what I would consider an accountability partner, Mm -hmm. one of my closest friends. Um, Then my husband, I think that's a big, you might not think of your husband as your community, but he's a big part of my community. And then Christ for when all those people inevitably you know, you, you need a little bit of that perfect community yeah. too. So yeah. uh, I currently am struggling to find community outside of my Christian community. Mm, That's yes. a big area of struggle for me, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm working on it and actively looking for new ways. So That's crazy that you bring that up because I was just talking to Jonathan about that, about like how I want that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard, especially I think when like, you're on staff at a church mm-hmm. and everything you do. I mean, my kids go to school here It's or one of my children go mm-hmm. to school here. Mm-hmm. Like everything we do is, you know, that Christian kind of that Christian bubble. And I want to get out of that. And mm-hmm. so coming up with ways to do that is it's kind of difficult. I know Aaron has a little bit different perspective because of gym stuff, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's still hard. It's, it's still hard. hard. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy, and I think we naturally navigate to people who are similar to yeah. us. So it's um, when our identity is rooted in Christ, we find others whose identity is rooted in Christ, and we're yeah. like, we're the same. Let's do this together. Yeah. We're on the same mission. But I think, like, I mean, if we look at Jesus' example, it is important to have community yeah. outside of, For sure. of church. And, yeah, I think neighbors is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. to neighbors. Yeah, that's a good one. So tell us two random facts about you. We love random facts. Yes. Uh, this was weird for me. Uh, one <laughs> thing, I guess uh, we just found this out at church uh, in our in our class this week, that I love all things personality tests. Mm. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. I like taking them. I like helping other people figure out their results. We just did the Enneagram up here on staff, and everyone was coming to my room. I heard you really like this. Tell me what my <laughs> results mean. And I love it. So uh, that's just something I love. 
Uh, I love people understanding how to apply the results into mm-hmm. real world because sometimes when you read it, you can't always connect to it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, another fun fact that people don't usually know about me, I was on TV yeah. interviewed for, I actually witnessed a shooting at the Holocaust <gasps> in 2010. And it's a weird fact, but you can still find my video on YouTube. Yes. I was in high school and the Holocaust Museum. Museum. Mm-hmm. Museum. The one in the one in Dallas. Wait, uh, it's where? in Washington D.C. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. Scary. We were there on vacation. Oh yeah, it was a really intense moment. We all had to run out. We're told <gasps> he was coming up to see us. I I oh, my was goodness, safe. My Anna. whole family was safe, but um, there not everybody was. So. That Nobody so ever scary. knows that about me, so I don't know if that's fun, but it's interesting. I don't think that's fun, but it is yeah. a random <laughs> I, fact. I, as I'm talking, it might not be so much of a fun fact. So, <laughs> do you have, like, nightmares about this still? Like, I feel like that's something that would be, like, very traumatic. PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Maybe it's part of why I'm really interested in crisis care. Mm. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe. Um, huh. I, my, I, I think I... I think one of my family members might have had a little harder time okay. than I did. Yeah. Okay. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so. Transitions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a very How serious we transition. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that one. I can do no, that you're one. good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> hey, that's part of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a yeah. big believer in like life experiences. It molds you and it shapes mm-hmm. you and it, it helps you tell your story. Yeah. I mean, it's a big part of your story. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Um, you're on here to talk about accountability specifically in community because we're in a series on community. So can you define accountability for us? You can use Google, the Bible, your own personal definition, all of the above. Yeah, I think the Bible definition you see in a lot of places is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another, which sounds easy. Mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. So my own personal definition that I kind of like to use is speaking the truth in love with the intention of inspiring growth and maturity and fulfilling the mission given by Christ. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by the mission is, you know, part of the great commission in Matthew 28 is to, to help others obey his commandments. Mm-hmm. And so accountability really is a part of that mission, mm-hmm. not super simple part of that oh, mission, goodness, but no. definitely part of it. So I like how you started with speaking the truth in love because that's that's a phrase we've kind of said to each other, Casey. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you actually speak the truth in love? Yeah. So we'll talk about that as mm-hmm. we get into it. But I, I like that as kind of a key phrase. And when you're thinking about accountability, are you speaking truth and are you doing it in mm-hmm. love? Right. Not out of selfishness or pride or anything like that. It's got to be rooted in love mm-hmm. and truth. And I think that's that's a really good, really good place to start. So you kind of mentioned that we see this in the Bible. Um, where else do we see this throughout the Bible? So when, when I was kind of preparing for this, what I found is there's actually a lot more in the Bible teaching on accountability mm-hmm. than I could find direct examples, though mm-hmm. there are examples. Um, this is kind of a scary topic that maybe you don't hear talked about a lot, but it's in the Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. So one of the examples I liked to use was Jesus, because I think if Jesus does it, it's right. important for us yep. too. So Matthew 23, 23, just a little bit of background here. Jesus is talking to a crowd, but in it, he's kind of addressing a specific group. So he mm-hmm. says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Mm. So he's, he's really just calling them out, yeah. um, speaking truth speaking it in love. And so what we see though often when I did find it in the Bible is that accountability 
should really only be utilized alongside discipleship and community. Mm. I think I think you have to have a piece of that before yeah. you just go trying to hold random strangers or people you barely know accountable. Mm. I think that's an important aspect to see that Jesus discipled and knew his community often mm. before he just ran it went mm-hmm. right into accountability. I think that's a that's a really good point for us to remember is that um, sometimes it takes relationship before mm-hmm. we bring in that that speaking the truth in love. So what, what does this look like practically for us to, to walk um, with one another in accountability within a community context? How do, how do we walk that out? Yeah. So this is difficult. It's not, it's not something that comes easy. So Mm -hmm. before I start, I like to say this takes practice. I'm not perfect at it, but I've kind of learned a little bit of a system that's helped me. So the first thing that I think is so important to know is you have to be humble Mm. and be willing to receive accountability because receive accountability because it it will rarely be successful if it's done from a place of pride or mm-hmm. I'm holier than thou right. or something like that. So so humbling yourself to receive it also can help you give it better, mm-hmm. both from bad experience yeah. and good. So I think that's the first thing. Secondly, invite the Holy Spirit in and check your motive. Mm. Um, I love the John Christ, mm-hmm. you know, check your check heart. Your heart. Check your heart. <laughs> We've said it on mm-hmm. here before. Okay. <laughs> I never so, knew if people picked up on. People probably don't pick <laughs> up on it. It was John Christ. <laughs> yes. So ask yourself, am I lashing out? Do I feel insecure or threatened? Am I trying to manipulate them into being who I want them to be versus who God created them to be? And does it bring my favorite? Does it bring grace to all who hear? So these are all things that in inviting the Holy Spirit in is going to to help you check your motive. So that that last thing, the does it bring grace to all who hear, comes from Ephesians four twenty nine. This doesn't mean though. I, w- I want to say that that giving grace to all he, who hear does not mean that receiving accountability is going to be easy. It's it can be painful. It might be painful if it's. If, it, if it's really growth inducing, it's going to be painful and it's going to be difficult. But the need for grace and self just implies that there's sin, right? If you need grace, that means that you have first sin. So it, it, it should not be done, though. Accountability should not be done with the intention to cause harm. It should be with the intention to give grace. So that's kind of a good thing to remember when checking your heart, checking your motive. The third thing, and this is my big thing, go back to my fun fact, discernment and emotional intelligence. So few people understand this. That is, can they handle this right now? Is this the right time to share this? It might be true. Your motive might be good, but they aren't ready to hear it, right? Are they, are they burdened by suffering that they first need care? Are they, are they in a place where you're with a lot of people? And they're going to really need that one-on-one time. Discernment and emotional intelligence is really important there. And this goes to know them. Do they need to be smacked in the face with it? Do they, do they want it to just come out and be honest? Or do they kind of want you to tiptoe and make it nicer? Just because we want it one way does not mean that's how everyone else wants to receive that. So that's my own personal little nugget is, you know, emotional intelligence and know them as a person and how, how they want to receive that. And then finally... Does what I'm about to say align with scripture? Am I speaking the truth in love or is it a personal opinion or preference, right? So my husband might do things in a way that I don't enjoy, but it's not wrong. It's who God made him to be. That's not a place for accountability. That's a place for me to learn patience Mm -hmm. and grace and breathing and slowing down, whatever it might be. So that's a little bit 
quick about what it can look like practically. So you don't have to keep your husband accountable to put the socks in the laundry bin, <laughs> not next to the laundry bin? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Maybe. I mean, check Someone your motive. Call Taylor out. <laughs> No, but I think that's a good point. And and what I'm like picking up from what you're saying, the Holy Spirit is convicting is that sometimes I'm trying to keep people accountable to what I want them Mm -hmm. to be, not to what scripture is calling them to Mm be. And that, that you have to check that through humility and through all these different steps that you're saying is really, you got to check yourself and and think, okay, am I trying to make disciples of who I am or am I trying to make disciples of Christ? And I really like the fact about, and I hadn't thought about this that much about discernment and the timing of it, because just because the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart to, to try to keep someone accountable, it doesn't mean right this second. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really good because I'm the kind of person that's like, I got an idea, got to talk to you about it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's not even taking into account the other person's like emotional state mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. physical state or anything like that. And so that's super convicting to me. And I think that also, depending on your personality type, discernment can be really difficult for some people. I feel like overall, I'm a pretty discerning person, but I realize that not everybody is. And so if you're not, like, I think that that's something that you have to be even more careful about, you know, paying attention to those details of how the other person's feeling and what it's, what that time is in their life, because that does make a huge difference. So that's a really good point. I'm realizing now why I struggle with this so much, because I mentioned this yesterday, but my two lowest spiritual gifts are compassion and discernment. <laughs> and those so. are my highest. So let me know. <laughs> me too. Me too. And mercy. I'm a nurse. So mercy, oh, yeah, mercy's no. up there. Mercy but was down the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. You know why this would mm-hmm. be harder for some people than other because discernment is a huge yeah. piece mm-hmm. of it. Mm. That was really helpful. Yeah. Thank Good. you. Yeah. Thank you. It's great. So how do we do this with love and grace without being judgmental? <laughs> this is the million dollar question, right? <laughs> so I'm going to go back a little bit and say, again, it is about your motive and how you speak rather than what you're speaking about. I know in the world we hear Christians are judgmental. Christians are judgmental. And what I want to say is that judge, judgmental and hypocritical is not a stance on a topic. It's an attitude or an approach. Oh. So um, if you're speaking down to someone, what you're saying might be accurate, but you're, you're be coming across as judgmental because of the way you're saying, not what you're saying. And so I think really putting the emphasis less on they need to get this exact message across in my way and more emphasis on how can I communicate this message that's important for them to know in a way in which they will hear it and receive it and act on it well. I think a part of that too is relying on the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because sometimes like we have this message we have to bring and they got to get it in their heads like Mm -hmm. you're saying. But if we slow down and we really trust it, we'll say what we need to and be obedient and that the Holy Spirit will actually do the work. Then that kind of frees us up from feeling like they have to understand what I'm saying and just, okay, I've been obedient and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, as I've been thinking through this, I've been trying to really figure it out. And Aaron and I have had a lot of conversations about like, how do you love people, but still get your message across? And Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. I think that not beating them over the head with a Bible or, you know, sounding judgmental and being like, well, I do it this way and you're doing it this way and it's Mm -hmm. wrong. I think you can get the same message across in love Mm -hmm. without sounding judgmental. So I like that you said judgment is not what was it exactly that you said it's not a belief but an attitude Mm -hmm. that's so good I Mm -hmm. love it Mm -hmm. can I say in response to you too you said you know don't beat him over the head but on the flip side 
don't be afraid and beat around the bush mm-hmm. either. If they need it straight, your message is lost by trying to make it too soft. Yeah. Too so soft. you have to know what are they needing? How mm-hmm. are they going to that's receive That's where that it? discernment comes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and really knowing the person. I think that's huge too is that relationship, building yeah. that relationship and really investing in them so they'll be open to mm-hmm. hear what you say because they know your heart and they mm-hmm. know you're not coming from that attitude of judgment, mm-hmm. but from a true place of love trying to help them be more right. like Jesus. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what do you do in this instance where maybe your your um, accountability is not well received? Mm-hmm. I would say this is the area I've grown in the most and this is the area that I like helping women with the most. And that is there's one word I will say and that is listen. So often we are a world that listens to respond, that listens to defend, that straight up defends without ever listening. And how powerful is it to listen? Because I myself am someone that in that moment when you're giving me accountability, I don't hear it as well as if you'll let me respond back and talk it out. And then I'll learn that what you're saying is absolutely accurate. So if we would just be quiet and listen, especially listen to their why it was not well received. Why do they disagree? That's okay. They're allowed to. Let them have that. Again, you are not their God. You are not there to convict them. You are there to share words and they need to be free to free to share those back so it's not place like i said to be their god lord or judge over their decisions but to help them process the pieces of accountability um what kind of friend would it be if i threw things at you and walked away but that's how we approach that's how we approach accountability a lot of ways don't first off don't throw it at them but when you give it to them sit there with them walk them through it let them let them have conversation and Oftentimes, um, they're going to try and maybe throw it at you and, and listen to that too. Really be that be that to them. And so my, one of my favorite verses, because I'm really bad at this, is James 1.19. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And uh, so if you were wrong in your approach, when you listen and they, they share that, apologize for that. Apologize for how it was said without compromising what was said. I am sorry that, that my tone was condescending but you're not apologizing for your belief because if your belief, if you followed the process, if your belief is in alignment with scripture, you're not apologizing for that belief. You're apologizing for the way it was said. So listen, that's really helpful. That really is because I'm, I personally am such a verbal processor Uh that if you're going to tell me something, I can't just think about it and be like, okay, I'm going to try to think about that. No, I got to process it out with you. And if, if, if I'm going to go to someone with something like you're saying and not allow someone to process it with Uh me, then I'm not really doing my job because the, the, the point of accountability isn't to just tell you what you're doing wrong. It's to make you more like Christ. And in order to help you do that, we got to kind of work through it together and process it, not just tell you what's wrong and not help you Mm -hmm. fix it yeah and it's almost like if you go into it expecting that expecting them to need to verbally process Mm -hmm. it I think your expectations and just the whole situation would be filled with a lot more grace Mm -hmm. because I think we go into it and expecting a lot of times expecting the other person to be like superhuman and just Mm -hmm. say okay yeah I was wrong Mm -hmm. thank you for helping me right right I mean when you think about it like practically that's not gonna happen so if you go into it with an attitude of not being defensive and not not expecting them to just be like okay you know if you go into it knowing that this is how it's gonna happen then I think these situations might play out a lot differently sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I'll, I'll share one more thing that is really big for me I am a big time question asker Mm -hmm. because they usually 
know the answer already. So rather than it coming across as me pointing my fingers at them, they're actually learning that accountability themselves. My best friend would tell you all I do is ask her questions. I almost never hold her personally accountable directly. I ask questions because even I lo- I just popped in my head this example of um, God and I wish I knew when it was. But I mean, Jesus is talking to his disciples and they say, well, who are you? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, who do you think that yeah. I am? Uh-huh. Rather than telling them or giving the mm-hmm. answer or just and throwing accountability in, he said, you know, think about it. So I like to listen and respond with a question versus responding with what I just said because they already heard that. Maybe they didn't hear it, but respond with something new. And that what I like to do is put a question there if Mm. I'm ever unsure of what to say. That's good. You definitely are a counselor going to school for I it. Know. Because this is what my counselor does to me. <laughs> okay, y'all. I know the tricks. Listen, I'm not a counselor yet, but, but hey, everything it works. It's all it about works. asking questions. Yes. It, in fact, people go, What yes. are you going to tell me to help me? And I say, I'm not going to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to learn it. It gets yourself. you thinking in, mm-hmm. a, in a different way. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it drives me nuts. And I'm like, Just help me. Mm-hmm. Like, but <laughs> yeah, when you do it yourself, you have a different ownership of it and accountability is really to get them to own it not you I don't want to be responsible I've got enough of my own problems (laughs) right yeah Yeah. okay can you share um a little bit about a time that accountability has been a part of your life specifically yeah so a time that I actually received accountability that just really changed my life I have a friend and this was one of those weird times where she instantly knew me and knew me for who I was very well and I I struggle with weight I always have and she could just hear it in my voice that it was defeating me it was winning in every area of my life and afterwards we had met a couple of times before but this was this was only like the fourth or fifth time we just developed friendship quickly and she says if you do not change your health you're gonna die before you've lived out the calling that God has for your life and what a shame that would be for you not to finish. And at oh. first, yeah, you might think that and think, what? What? This is everything against what you just said. But the thing was, she had known me. She had heard me. Mm-hmm. She had listened and felt that I needed somebody to come and say, I care and I'm going to help you get there. Mm. Uh, she pulled me out of it. She walked alongside me. She encouraged me. She challenged me. And I'll tell you, I was told when I was young that I'd never be able to have kids. And I was really unhealthy and because of what she said and her walking alongside me I lost a lot of weight and like you heard earlier I now have a little baby boy and I believe a hundred percent it was a result of her saying you know I'm gonna be your accountability person and I'm gonna help you get where you need to be wow so it 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 really it radically changed my life and and changed my trajectory of being a mom Mm. so that's so cool because I think sometimes we we get really overwhelmed or intimidated by accountability and we don't realize that it can have life changing Mm -hmm. potential if we just obey when we feel the Holy spirit calling us to, Mm -hmm. I mean that, that could have just been one little thing that she said to you and not really thought that much about it. But the fact that she was willing to say it and walk with you through it, like, like you're saying completely changed your life. Mm -hmm. And now you have this sweet little baby who is so stinking cute. I hope (laughs) in your picture he's going to be in it, but, um, that is just, that is really encouraging. And hopefully somebody hears that and goes, okay, well I should, you know, step out and Mm -hmm. be accountability for somebody because it can, it can make a big difference in people's lives. And that just, I mean, I'm sure your friend was super, super nervous because that's a tough thing. Mm -hmm. That's so hard, but she was brave. 
Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you accepted it well. What was your initial reaction when she said that? So it actually, I I should have given a little bit of context maybe. Also, she was talking about working out and she wanted this other girl who, or these other girl wanted to work out. And I I said, oh, I wish I could. And I was just making excuses, but she knew I wanted it. So what I will say is she listened Mm -hmm. really well before that. Mm -hmm. We call it heart drops um, from a book study we did. She listened for my heart drop and she heard it and she took it. She is not nervous because she is a bold, person <laughs> uh, you're like she was not she scared. was not scared uh I do not did not especially then handle feedback well mm-hmm. at this time in my life it was hugely difficult for me but something about her said I'm not gonna walk away from you through this it said it, it it's wasn't judgmental it was I, and after more conversation she struggles with the same struggle so we could connect in that and it was a humble place of here's how I've struggled this is what you know, working out, this is what putting health as a priority, this is what treating my body like the temple has done for me. Here's how it can help you. So uh, initially, I actually was was pretty open. I went home, I talked it out with my other community, my husband, who was mm-hmm. like, what? Because he is not very bold. But um, but I loved it. I, and I'm, I mean, I really did. I have not always loved it. But, yeah. but because of the way it came across, mm-hmm. it yeah. worked. And you said something in there. She, you could tell she wasn't going to let you go and she was willing to walk alongside mm-hmm. you. I think that's a huge piece. We're mm-hmm. not just throwing this at someone like you said earlier and just like walking away. Right. Like, I because think, that would have been detrimental right. to, that, to that area of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like holding that person by the hand and saying, this isn't something you have to do on your own. Mm-hmm. Like I'm with you. Jesus is with you. Let's do this. Yeah. That's. Oh, I love that. Sounds mm-hmm. fun. Yes, right? like, it does. It does. It and that's what community is all about. Mm-hmm. That is. Love it. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that yes. with us. So why do you think this is important for all women? For all women? Well, I think women in particular really feel defensive often and emotional with regards to accountability. Jealousy, comparison, and image management are all major issues for women. For me personally, it's a lot of image management, but I've seen all these other comparison and jealousies come out uh, around me. And when we allow others in intimately through accountability, because it is intimate, Mm -hmm. it's going right to your dark place and just holding it. When we allow someone intimately and with accountability, we're able to break through some of those boundaries and we're able to grow. So those things are uh, dark. And when you shine the light on them, mm-hmm. right, they're exposed. And so so I think women just need to just humble themselves mm-hmm. and, and just allow that accountability in for them mm-hmm. because it, it can really lead to growth. Mm. Yeah. Have you read the book Humility by... Andrew Murray. Mm-mm, it's on my oh, list. Oh, girl, you've got to read it. I struggle. I struggle with humility bad. I do too. So I've that book is so helpful. Okay, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I have another. She's really like good book the list of like, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> in addition to the twenty eight. What are the other books you're gonna yeah. have? I was reading all your papers on your on your blog. Are you? Yes, <laughs> they're so good. It's only like seventy pages or something. It's very. It's short. a small one. It's yeah. written like in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Which makes it hard to read. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's only hard because it's like, oh, convicting. But it's so good. I plug it on this show all the time because yeah. I just think it's super, super good. Okay. Um, I think that that is very helpful. Mm-hmm. For sure. So how would you say that um, accountability within community has helped you experience God? that's a great question so for me personally accountability has helped me experience God in two ways so number one is it's led me to seek the Holy Spirit's direction on holding other people accountable I've received 
good feedback like that story and I've received really, really bad feedback and really, really bad accountability. And what those things have taught me is I just have to cling to him to discern. He's the ultimate discernment for is this truth? Should I listen to this and not? I, I learned to trust his nudges and rely on his word for the guidance. And the second piece uh, that it has grown my walk with God is, is through humility. Uh, this residency experience in particular is about taking away everything that's ugly within you and transforming it by the renewing of our mind, of our heart, of our soul. And, and for me, a lot of that is pride. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I've been working on, but something that, that, that accountability in particular, you can't, you can't be open to accountability and be clinging to pride mm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. Mm. How would you say that accountability plays into the gospel? So the gospel is so big, but we, we're all sinners in need of a savior, right? That's an important part of the gospel. And so by his grace, we are saved. And as a result, we respond in love with obedience, community, and growth. And so for me, accountability is the catalyst for these things within the gospel. You don't have obedience, healthy community, or healthy growth without that accountability piece. I've seen lots of people in community without it, but sin runs rampant, mm-hmm. and, and growth is just absent. You have a lot of complacency. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so for me, the gospel just requires accountability to move things forward mm-hmm. towards Christ. That's a really good point because I think a lot of times we think of the gospel as stopping when we're saved. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yes, we are sinners in mm-hmm. need of a Savior. We're saved by grace. There's the end of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But it's not. As mm-hmm. we see, like, the gospel continues on every day of our life. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's What's that quote? Um, I don't know. I'm the worst with quotes. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. It's the gospel's <laughs> not the ticket to heaven or something. Or the gospel's not the. I, I don't like remember. I just ticket of heaven, but day. it's every yeah. every step on the way there yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, and like you're saying is that as we walk in sanctification, that's still part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It the is. The gospel is us being transformed one degree of glory to the next, more like Jesus every mm-hmm. day. And that um, community has a catalyst, is the catalyst for that. I think that's a really good answer. That's really good. Yeah. Aaron just sent me a John Piper um, sermon that talks just about this. Did you finish listening to it? Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'll link it in the show notes. But he he talks about a lot about that, about how community, like you said, is the catalyst that keeps keeps going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's good. So what are some practical ways for women to grow in walking this out? Yeah. So first, and I'm going to keep saying this again, because you have to learn it. And that is work on holding yourself accountable to Mm -hmm. humility and ask others to challenge you before you seek out ways to challenge others. Because not only are you going to grow, but you're going to learn good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. So go seek those friends that you trust and then seek people maybe you don't trust. Let yourself kind of be, feel that vulnerability that's felt on the other side of accountability. Uh, secondly, take time to learn about people with different personalities. Or a, maybe not even learn, but appreciate people with different personalities. Um, someone really close to me one time said well you can't wear your heart on your sleeve when you work in ministry and I told them I said that's not true Mm -hmm. I can't work in ministry and not have my heart Mm -hmm. on my sleeve because that's who I am Mm -hmm. and so you got to take time to appreciate different people and different gifts I love the people that don't wear their heart on the sleeve because they keep me rolling Mm -hmm. otherwise I'd be crying all day (laughs) right so they you have to learn the 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 value that everyone brings and then study the idea of what it means to speak the truth in love this is a game of balance do you err more on the side of love? Do you err more on the side of truth? And quite honestly, it's a balance that none of us will be good at except Jesus. So continually work to find that balance. Mm. So I like, you know, it is very trendy right now, the Enneagram and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But 
I really, I'm like you, I really, really like, and I actually told Aaron that I want to find one of the, um, the seminars for us to go to, because mm-hmm. I think doing a podcast together, it'd be good. Cause we're, I already know we're very mm-hmm. different personality mm-hmm. types, mm-hmm. but to know more about each other. Mm-hmm. But I think there really is something to that about Huge. like knowing and appreciating the people in your community, their personality types, mm-hmm. because then you, you know how to relate to them better. And mm-hmm. I do, I think that, um, it is important for those of us that wear our heart on our sleeve yeah. to appreciate those that don't as much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and vice versa. You know, you might be like, why are you crying over there? But <laughs> realize like, that's how God made that right. person. Right. Like, you know, and someone's got to have feelings here. You know? <laughs> and someone has to not have feelings. Here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, someone, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. That's a good, just practical way for women to grow for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit on next week. Uh, or in two weeks, the question and answer episode. Uh, my husband and I took a personality test before we got married. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. We yeah. learned a lot about it. Yeah. You need to listen to yep. hear more about that. Yep. A little sneak peek. <laughs> okay, so if someone is struggling with accountability, either finding it or um, being it to someone else, what encouragement or advice would you give them? So I have a couple things. One is do not quit. Just because it goes bad once doesn't mean that that you then turn around. Could could you imagine if we sinned once and Jesus thought, well, never again, Mm -hmm. right? So do not quit. It is so important and it takes so much practice. Another one, and I think this is hard, especially for me, Enneagram 2 with the one (laughs) wing, right? Uh, (laughs) Allow yourself grace for imperfection and accountability, but extend that same grace to others. We're not going to be perfect givers of accountability, and neither is that person giving mm, it to you. That's good. Mm-hmm. So allow grace for yourself and others mm-hmm. for the imperfection. That's good. I think what Jules said a couple episodes back about, you know, letting the Holy Spirit perfect your motives mm-hmm. as you're walking in yeah. obedience is yeah. a good thing to remember. Because I think for me personally, I'd be like, okay, well, I can't give accountability until everything in my life is perfect. And until oh, my good. motives are a hundred percent pure. And, and, um, like Jules had mentioned, like allow the Holy Spirit to work on your motives as you're being obedient mm-hmm. and to, to lay down that pride and walk in humility. But no, if it flares up that the Holy Spirit can put it back down and not to just stop because your pride flared up one time yeah so I think that's really good to keep practicing I think that's probably um something that holds a lot of people back Mm -hmm. from giving that accountability is because you don't want people to think that you're like holier than thou Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like you've got it all together um so you're trying to make them have it all together too Mm -hmm. where that's not true so I Mm -hmm. think that like we talked about earlier like kind of checking our motives people are smart like people can see kind of behind especially if it's someone you're close to they can see why you're coming to them so yeah I think that's that's super important to remember um is just once again checking your heart mm-hmm. john chris check your heart <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i know that's so funny so do you have any resources you could recommend for someone who wants to learn more about this or um just study a little bit more yeah so one of them comes from um i'm our, at our church here we offer stephen ministry which mm-hmm. is phenomenal ministry for care and one of the books we had to read was called speaking the truth in love how to be an assertive Christian. Mm. Um, and it's I don't want to mispronounce the author's name, so you guys will link to yes. it yeah. in the yeah. in the notes. So it was supposed to be for how to speak truth and love to others, and it is so good about mm. boundaries mm-hmm. and how Jesus was assertive, because he was, mm-hmm. and examples, and it's right from Scripture, and mm. it's really, really good. 
So that's one of them. The other one is part of my residency reading called Life Together, the Classic Exploration of Christian mm-hmm. in Community, which I think I've already heard you yes. guys. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't read it. Aaron's reading it. It I've was life changing to me uh, because it, it kind of covers all aspects mm-hmm. of community. And if you focus too much on one accountability, you're missing a whole lot of the benefits yeah. mm-hmm. of community. And so this book's really good at, yes, that's part of it, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. So I liked it yeah. kind of totality. Yeah. Oh man, can you imagine if that was all that community was? Like oh constant, like you're doing this wrong. You need to work on this. <laughs> but sometimes oh. it is for people. Sometimes some it, people yeah. feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people feel that mm-hmm. way. You would feel so attacked. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hannah, this has been so fun. It's I'm so great. glad you came on our podcast. Yes, thank you. I feel like yeah. I've learned so much. I, I want to go back and listen I to know. it again. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, do you have a verse or a quote that you'd like to end the episode with? Yeah, well, before I do that, thank you guys so much. I've mm. really had a great time today. But this just just encompasses everything about accountability to me. And it's from 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into the myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented katie cox 